New ideas and new technology are causing seismic shifts in the media industry. Where are we headed? What does it mean? Keep listening. Media strategist Gabriella Mirabelli talks with the brightest minds in entertainment and business. Meet the innovators, the risk takers, and the disruptors on the front lines of change from Hollywood, Wall Street, Silicon Valley, and beyond. The future is coming to a screen near you. Are you ready? This is the Up Next podcast with Gabriella Mirabelli. Welcome to Up Next. I'm your host, Gabriella Mirabelli. My guest today is Alyssa Gelbard. She's the founder and CEO of Point Road Group, a unique branding firm that helps companies make better brand impressions through their people. She's a personal branding expert, leading a talented team that advises diverse companies, executives, and board directors to drive business success. She's joining me today for the third in a series of four interviews related to job searches and career management. Today, we're talking about serving on the board of a nonprofit. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm excited to be back here with you again, Gabriella. I am so excited to talk about serving on the board of a nonprofit and how this type of work can fit into the arc of someone's career. First of all, just in case listeners haven't thought about it, why should people think about joining a nonprofit board? Well, I think when you get to a certain point in your career, it's it's a nice way to give back, of course, of time, but more importantly, to be able to share your expertise with other organizations who perhaps may not be so deep in a certain area or really could use the strategic guidance from outside folks. So when you start to prepare yourself and thinking about that you're interested in doing this, how much lead time should you be thinking about? Oh boy, a lot. Well, I should say for for public and private companies, it's a real long time, a lot longer than than I would say nonprofits. But it depends on how often nonprofits will be adding board members because it's a little different than with public or private company. They often have a certain amount and that's it. And then when a board seat turns over after a term, while that does happen in nonprofits, especially some of the larger ones, often they will add board members versus just waiting for one to oh, turn to over. To get a but certain it does, skill that they're looking for. You mean? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Or when they are maybe at a capital campaign or something like that. But to answer your question, when it comes to time, it's not something where you say, oh, in let's say January, I'd like to serve on a nonprofit board by June. Okay. That may happen if you're lucky, but you have to be strategic. They have to be looking, are they looking for someone with your expertise at, at maybe it's industry or functional? So it, it, a number of factors go into it. So it's not just kind of a, I want to snap my fingers and do this. Now, in addition to giving back, this also from a sort of more strategic, self-interested standpoint, serving on a nonprofit board, does it help you if you want to serve on a for-profit board? It certainly can, especially if you don't have a lot of exposure and experience in working with boards, because it's very different than being a leader of a company. Coming to collaborative decision-making, thinking strategically, and boards, although with nonprofits, it gets a little blurry, but generally speaking, when you are a director, you are guiding, helping guide the organization from a strategic perspective overall. You're not actually doing the work. An expression called that, that you often hear is noses in, fingers off. You're looking and you're delving, but you're not actually doing. It's also another another way of looking at it, or that people talk about it is you're you're not driving the car. You're telling the driver where to go based on your experience. Okay, right. right. So you're not actually doing the work. Right. 
However, so, in non, although in nonprofits, though, sometimes that can be blurry. If they're light on an area, you might actually roll up your sleeves. But generally speaking, but that's you not in, the in that situation, board. yeah, in that situation, I want to dive into that a little bit later. You're invited. You don't just do it. But we'll let's get into right. that a little bit later. So if we're thinking about you know, there's this lead time, I'm interested in it. How do you prepare yourself to be an attractive board candidate? What kinds of things are they looking for? What kinds of skills should I make sure I have in my quiver before I start putting myself out there? Sure. So a couple different kinds, depending on what your background might be, certainly having some kind of financial acumen. Um, Mm -hmm. Even if your background is not finance, being able to read Financial statements can certainly be incredibly helpful. Being in collaborative decision-making environments. So even maybe you are a top performer in what you do, but if there's opportunities to be on special committees and task forces where it's a different type of work, that Mm -hmm. can be very helpful. If there are opportunities to be involved with your current company or organization to drive change or expansion for its larger impact on the company versus rolling your sleeves up and executing. But even if you are involved in um, recruitment, let's say from an HR perspective or benefits, and maybe there's an opportunity to get involved in succession planning or compensation oh, design, right. those are things that are relevant to boards. So, so it really it depends on your functional area. But I would say one of the things overall that's helpful, no matter what, is having some kind of financial acumen. I've seen some services that offer to train people to be on boards. Now, this isn't just nonprofit boards. This is positioning. And and they're really making an appeal to women and other minorities that aren't typically known to be on boards. How helpful is that and how necessary is that? So a a couple of different things, depending on, obviously, there's a pretty wide array of the type of services and organizations that do offer those kinds of services, but they can help in a couple of different ways. One, some of the actual coursework can be helpful if you haven't had exposure to boards, so you don't know actually what goes on during board meetings and what the discussions are. So those types of things can be very helpful. I think it also can be helpful in helping you sharpen how you advocate for yourself or how you talk about your experiences and how you frame your experiences in the context of boards. Because often people have relevant experience, but they don't know how to talk about it in a way that makes it relevant to the boardroom. We always say it's all about being board relevant, that you don't necessarily have to have the direct experience, but these programs can kind of frame uh, some of your, how to frame your experience different ways, give you guidance on how to network to meet other directors or people who work with boards as a way to hear about opportunities. Because again, they're fewer and far between. So the more of a leg up you can have on how the process works, how to talk about yourself, how to frame your experiences, and also how to learn more about the ins and outs of board meetings and certain things that get discussed in the boardroom, that can they can be really helpful. But there's such a wide range of organizations out there. Does my resume look different if I'm writing it for a board position? And yeah. linked and linked into that is LinkedIn. Right. We only have one profile. Right. So how do I integrate that information with my more career-facing information? Are mm-hmm. there certain keywords or things I should be thinking about? Definitely, there are certain keywords and things to think about. So the easy one, we'll start with the easy one first. Yes, yeah, so when you have 
a, a board resume or a board bio, they are different because they focus on more high level strategic things in how you impacted an organization versus the real executional level things. Even as simple as in a regular resume, you have your experience first, and then you have your board experience later, whether it's working nonprofit or maybe an advisory board, whatever it is, or special committees or task forces, that might be lower debt. That's lower down. But you actually, in a board resume and bio, you're flipping that. You're leading with that information. Even if maybe you have, you've gone through one of these programs, right? Mm. On board training and certification, that should be towards the top. Anything board related, it should be first. So you would Um, put board training in there? You would, that's something, okay, that's interesting. What about some keywords? What are some good keywords that make people perk up? Well, it has to do with, I think, how you impact an organization strategically versus getting into the weeds of, you know, I managed a 12-person team or I was managing a $2 million budget. Sometimes that can be relevant, the budget and financial, but, but it's less in the weeds and it's, it's more high level and things that are actually relevant to organizations overall and their strategic planning. Maybe you've been involved in global expansion or launching new products or Mm -hmm. dealing with succession planning, things like that, and less on the executional side of things, maybe cybersecurity or risk management. There's lots of other areas that, that we can talk about or transformation. Right. So these are all these skills. And earlier you said, well, sometimes they expand when they're, they've got a capital campaign. So let's mm-hmm. also have a very honest conversation. When you're talking about nonprofits, how important is that fundraising piece? If I am on a board, am I expected to make a monetary donation to the board or just wrangle other people? Is it my primary role? Is fundraising really central regardless of the other skills I bring to the table? Well, it depends on the organization. It can be but it may not be. So of course, that's a, it sounds like a compound answer, but it really depends on the nonprofit. Let's say it's a professional association board, so that, that's nonprofit. There, you're a lot less likely to be required to make a donation or things like that, but maybe they are looking to have you help with visibility and drive membership, perhaps. But sometimes there, there's a give-get, they call it a give-get in, in nonprofit boards where what you're giving versus what you're getting versus, like you mentioned, how much you wrangle from people in your network. So it depends. It really can range. Do you be pretty upfront about talking about it just in case they aren't? Because in my experience, it's pretty central in in a way that if that isn't something you're ready for, it can be a surprise to some people. Exactly. But you'll presumably, like with any type of search that you do, you'll have done your homework. So you'll know beforehand in talking to maybe a current board member or a past board member. So you'll have an understanding before going in. But if for some reason you don't, it's absolutely fine to ask. Yeah, you don't want that surprise. Well, right, because that's an expectation management issue right there. Now, similar to the services that train board members, I've seen an explosion in services that offer to connect people and place board members. They aren't headhunters, but rather platforms where potential candidates subscribe in order to have access to potential roles. And these are sometimes their advisory roles to non-public companies. Sometimes they're board seats for public companies. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they're nonprofits. It, It runs the gamut. Now, how just 
Generally speaking, have you found that a lot of people are placed through these services? Are there other ways that you can connect that do not involve these services? A lot of times, for instance, when you're looking for higher level employment, the best plum jobs are achieved through recruiters. Now, is that true with board roles as well? services like this, or are there recruiters for board roles? Well, there certainly are recruiters for nonprofit boards. They tend to be the larger organizations, perhaps like a hospital system or a large social service organization or arts organization. So there definitely are recruiters who specialize in nonprofit, whether they are smaller companies or an area within a very large recruiting firm. So that and, and an executive search firm. So that definitely exists. The type of organizations that you're talking about can really, really run the gap. They are, they often lure people in with a free membership, but then to actually see real great opportunities, there's a monthly fee and then how many there, that they're, the, the opportunities that they provide are not exclusive. So you really have to be careful. I personally, I'm not the biggest fan of them. Mm-hmm. I know many people who became members and after a year, they say, what am I doing? This was a waste. I, nothing's happened. Occasionally okay. you might hear of one or two, but If you are looking to serve on a nonprofit board, first, I always say, make sure you understand what it is to serve on a board, because maybe you can have that sort of itch scratched purely by volunteering or making a donation. But if you really are genuinely interested, there are a variety of ways if there's a specific area within, let's say, the arts or something like that. And there are a handful of organizations that you're interested in. You can target those. You can look at, uh, understand how their boards are structured. These, they always have websites that list the directors, leverage your network. to really Well, I guess, work. should people think about approaching this kind of search the same way they think about approaching any job opportunity search where it's the networking, it's the conversation. Is it the same process? I think so. A hundred percent because it's very personal, especially with nonprofits, very personal. You are volunteering effort and your energy. So you really want to make sure it's the right organization for you. So spending extra time to really learn about the organization, kind of looking under the hood, who who are the fellow directors, and it could be a great for your career. Because when you become a director, you may then have opportunities to do things that you don't have in your sort of quote unquote day job. And it could really round you out professionally that could help you. So then you get something in your career path because you built this experience in this role. So what kinds of questions should I be asking? I mean, obviously we already discussed, be very honest about the fundraising. If that's something you're comfortable with, if that's something that you're not comfortable with, you should know that. I think one of the things that you should ask about upfront is understanding the time commitment. Uh, It's not just showing up to meetings. If that's what you think being a board member is and is not something you should be looking at because you want to be preparing. They send materials before. You want to be looking at that so you can be an active contributor during the meetings. Very often organizations require or strongly suggest that you are part of committees. So then Mm -hmm. there is time commitment with committees. And again, it depends on the size of the organization how large it is, what their what their budget and endowments are. But some of boards can be a real commitment of time. And so you want to understand that. And then it's not just the official part too. It's not just the how many meetings and, and committee work, but then it's also, you need to spend time developing relationships, networking the way you would, just like with any new job opportunity, like you mentioned, getting to know your fellow board members, getting to know the 
executive leadership of the organization. So there, there's a lot of time. And maybe it's an area that you don't know a ton about. Maybe someone put your name forward to be on the board. And maybe it's in an area where you don't know a lot about and you have to actually have to do some homework and really learn. Mm -hmm. So understanding the commitment of time, I think, is first first and foremost. And then really understanding how the organization is structured. Does How big is the leadership team? How much, what is the relationship of the board? And maybe there's a president or executive director, depending on how the organization is structured. What, what's that like? Sometimes there's boards that are figureheads and they're really there to raise money and they're not really involved strategically. Or maybe it's the opposite where they're really you know, almost running the show in, in, in a way that's too much. And that's where, when I mentioned earlier about, you may actually be rolling your sleeves up a lot more than you thought in terms of commitment of time of work and actually kind of getting a little involved in the executional side of things when even though that's really not what a board should do, but that, well, can, I think that, that absolutely that, happens. Well, and I think that maybe there's where we should talk a little bit about uh, being invited that if, because there is an executive director or a president and they are running the organization, that is their job. Mm-hmm. And so how much you roll up your sleeves is how much you're invited to Maybe that has to be a piece of it. And also that you're there to make the executive director or president and the leadership team successful. It's really about this is your team and you're supporting them. And that's well, a slightly different. You kind mindset. of almost are. <laughs> I don't know if sitting in judgment is the right way to say it, but you kind of are because you are there to make sure they're doing their job. And part of yes. the role of a board is to yes. make if that executive director or president isn't doing their job. Right. Then you, then you either, but then you either upskill them or get them out. Correct. I see a lot of bad leadership in organizations, Mm -hmm. both profit and profit. And it can be incredibly challenging in a nonprofit situation where something might have flown in a for-profit. This is your team. You're writing them an evaluation and you can fire them super duper easily. When you're dealing with an executive director, they're not your junior. They're, right. and, and that is an important thing that you're not having. It's not that you sit with the right answer and they hopefully get it. It's that they may have a different answer than you and you need to have a collaborative conversation. Yes, collaborative is the the word. And Um, that collaboration isn't just with the other board members. It's also with the executive and their leadership team. Right, And and that executive may be looking to you for guidance and expertise and say, hey, I haven't been involved in whatever, you know, in X. And I know you have, and I would love to spend some time learning from you. And it doesn't have to necessarily be a mentor situation. It could just be, like you said, very collegial and say, hey, I need some guidance on this. And if the executive director asks for guidance, that doesn't mean they're failing in the way that if a team member at work is like, hey, guide me here. Sometimes you're like, you should be able to do this yourself. Well, part of the reason you're there is because you have expertise that maybe they don't have. And part of that is a a teaching element or an upskilling element that that's part of why you're there. Yeah, and especially I think because nonprofits are, so many more are being run more like for-profits in that they're upping their game in terms of accountability mm -hmm. and efficiency. And sometimes you have to look for people who don't have, who don't sort of grow up in the nonprofit world 
for some expertise that can really be beneficial to that organization and really help them flourish. Right. Exactly. So if I've joined a board, what are some of the things, what should I expect? How do I acclimate myself? Is it simply the same way I would in a new job that I am networking and reaching out? Or are there any quirks that I should be aware of? Yeah, it's definitely networking and reaching out. But I think one of the areas that I think a lot of boards, whether it's nonprofit or for-profit can be better is new director onboarding. Sometimes Mm. it may just be a packet and here, read this. But it takes a while. It usually takes several meetings to understand the cadence, how the meetings are structured, when you contribute. A good board member should always ask questions. And if you don't understand something, you ask until you understand if if it's not being explained well. So it's understanding how can I speak up? Who are the sort of more people who control the room, if you will? And that a lot of that those nuances obviously come from experience. But in if you talk to someone, I think if they, if they don't give you that structure kind of movie from the beginning, look at who the current directors are, especially who's been there for a little bit and anybody where you have commonalities with where you can approach them and then they'll be happy to, they certainly will help you because sometimes it may be on you. To, I think one of the best things to do is really understanding who you're going to be in the room with, who your fellow directors are really doing your homework, making an effort to get to know them. And same with the leadership of the organization that will help you be more successful from the beginning. And also really understanding the organization, not just reading like, oh, I'm just going to read their website or some brochure that they have, but really taking the time to dig deeper and, and understanding as much as you can about the organization. So you'll really hit the ground running, you'll you'll also be, it'll make it easier for you to actually do something and be an active contributor versus just sitting back. And that's one of the other questions I had for you, which is, should you enter with an idea of things that you'd like to accomplish? Should that be one of the things, and and maybe you discuss this with the executive director, but that you, how you would like actively to deploy your experience, should that be part of your thought process? I mean, I think you have to get Yeah, I think you have to kind of see, I don't know that I would go into an organization saying this is, I think you could have that in the back of your mind, but I don't know that I would articulate that up front because you have to actually take the time to get to know the organization and the people a little bit before you can say, okay, these are the things that I want to accomplish. Unless it's very obvious where you could say, I've learned during the interview process and from talking to everybody, I understand, you know, it's sort of acknowledging that, this is an area of the organization that needs some help. And I'd be happy to spearhead that where the issue is. So I think mm-hmm. it, 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 that's one of those sort of cop-out answers again, sorry, which is, it depends. <laughs> Are there any before sort of to wrap up any absolute definite don'ts? Because we've talked a lot about networking and asking and those things. Are there anything that you should not do? Yeah, I would say don't go in unprepared. We, I, I can say personally from my experience serving on a variety of different nonprofit boards and advisory boards, that person who is not prepared did not read materials in advance. So they're going in really just sort of sitting there and just being quiet. And there's a difference between being quiet and actively listening versus being quiet because you're not really prepared. And mm. if you're there just sort of to put it on your resume, so to speak, I think that's a way to really not not set yourself up for success. And also remember, a lot of people, you might be serving on a nonprofit board, 
but your fellow board members can all be very, very successful people in the for-profit world. And you never know what's happening. This is networking. This is career building. (laughs) Yeah, it's career building. And these people can help you from what you're doing in business or for your career, or maybe you want to serve on a, on a private company board later, a public company board. You never know. So being prepared, being engaged, those are, those are things. If you are not, I think that is really, um, setting yourself up for, for not for, you know, not setting yourself up for this success. I think the other thing too, is just talking just to talk at, at some point people see through that. Maybe in the beginning, someone might do that just to sound like they're an active contributor, but if they're just talking just to talk, they're repeating what somebody else said, really being, being thoughtful in how you actively engage. I think those are, those are the, the easy don'ts. Right. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. It was a pleasure talking. I feel like we could talk about this for hours. Absolutely. <laughs> we reached the end of another episode of Up Next. I'd like to close by thanking my production team at Up Next, my friend Rob Naughton, the voice artist who recorded our open, and of course, all of you, the members of our audience. Thank you. I'll be talking to you again next time right here on Up Next. <laughs>